This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Thank you that you have chosen us to be your own, called by your name, and have given to us that which is precious to you, your spirit, to lead us and to guide us on this journey that we walk through this earth. We thank you for your love that never fails. And we thank you that even when we go wrong in your tenderness, you bring us to the path of righteousness. This morning, as we have gathered, we have gathered in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And by him, we ask of you, Lord, that you guide our lives and deliver us through your ministration from everything that is of the enemy, that we may walk uprightly and save you all the days of our lives. We desire to be pleasing to you. Therefore, we ask for help by your spirit to give us strength to open our eyes to see, cause our ears to hear, and give us the strength to walk in your ways. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Great. We thank the Lord for a privilege to hear his word this morning. You know, every time you move and are alive, you should always be thankful to God. Amen. Someone was asked a question that if I gave you one million dollars, would you be happy? The person said, I would be very excited, very happy. Then they asked the person, if I gave you 10 million dollars in exchange for your life, would you take it? The person said, no. That means that you value your life more than $10 million. So why don't you jubilate every morning when you wake up and you have life? But you see, many of us don't see it like that. In fact, when God makes a mistake and wakes up, wakes us up in the morning, that is when we get angry with him for our dreams that have not come to pass. Isn't it? But what we don't realize is that without the life that he has given us, the dream will mean nothing to us. 
even if it came to pass. Hallelujah. So this morning, it's a privilege and it's a blessing to be able to hear the word of God. Hallelujah. And we want to say thank you, Lord, for this privilege. Our hearts are open and expectant to be guided by your spirit. Well, to those who are with us online, that's uh, Oliven, Ochat. Ochat, I think we said we would change the name to Acacia. But anyway, Ochat for now. And then Silver Lakes, I bring you greetings. The Silver Lakes people, I just told them this morning, some few, an hour or so ago, that I think they should tune in. Because I do intend to continue on the subject that I shared with them and with all of us when I visited them. How many were here last week? You were in church last week and you heard the preaching. Good. So, the subject title for the past few weeks has been on the biggest theme, which is seed time and harvest. And my duty is to make us alert that because of the existence of this principle, we have to sow seeds whose harvest we will like. Are you with me? Let me say it again. Because of Genesis 8.22, where out of the nice offering of Noah to God, after his deliverance, his salvation, God spoke of a revelation, of a principle that if he had not said it, we would not have known it. And he said, for as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, heat and cold, winter and summer, and then what else? Day and night shall not cease. What a beautiful revelation. What it means is that when your life is experiencing the darkness of the night and when you can't seem to see your way around, sooner than later, you will see your way around. When you can't see what the Lord is doing in your life and it feels like he has abandoned you and all his promises are not yea and amen, you can be rest assured that a time will come when you see things clearly and you would only end up giving him praise. Hallelujah. When you are being roasted in the furnace of the heat of the furnace or the heat of the oven and it looks like there's nowhere to turn around, don't worry. The heat of the furnace will not be eternal. There will be a time 
when even if it doesn't want to change, the, the winter or the cold would come and change it. You know, this morning I was just, I don't know what I was doing, and I think I saw a page on BBC where a picture of a driver trying to start the engine of a school bus in winter. And when you see the school buses, they are lined up, covered with snow. The whole school bus is covered with snow. So he has just lifted up the bonnet and just trying to start the engine. Now, which snow can burn in the fire? Or which fire can burn in the snow? Are, are you with me? So what, what I learned from it is that even if there's a fire in summer and that fire refuses to go off with all your efforts and with all the negotiations, there is a winter coming that will drown out the fire and cause it to go off. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes certain conditions, when you are in it, they tell you that we are here to stay. Don't believe them. They will soon pass away. I said, they will soon pass away. So don't take a decision that can never change, even when the condition has changed. Be very careful of the decisions you take and when you take them, because the conditions change. Remember. Because some decisions, you can change them when the condition changes. But some decisions, once you take them, it's forever. Even when you realize that you have taken a wrong decision and the conditions have changed, you can't revert the decision. You can't change the decision. It's done and done forever. Oh, yes. For example, if things go wrong and you feel like killing yourself, when you kill yourself, that's it. I said, when you kill yourself, you are gone never to come back. And you'll be surprised that the thing or the person because of whom you are so depressed and went on to kill yourself is now going to change. And another person is coming to take over and enjoy the change person. May you never do anything under a difficult situation that you cannot reverse. Because situations will always change in life. Hallelujah. Great. So we are pressing on on the subject of seed time and harvest time. And particularly, if you are careful and observant, you will notice that I've been preaching about the subject of honor under the seed time and harvest time to honor what must be honored in your life. Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to talk particularly, particularly about the honor of God in our lives. I want to talk particularly about the honor of God in our lives because, because if we don't honor God, we will never be able to honor his agents. Let me say it again. If we don't honor God, we will never be able to honor his agents. 
And if you are wondering which, where am I preaching from, well, for the sake of knowing what I'm saying and why I'm saying it, I'm speaking from this book. Those who honor you. Those who honor you. The reason why I'm preaching from it is because you will read it. So I have to preach from it so that you read, I, you read it through my preaching to benefit. Amen. Amen. And those who have a problem, why should we preach from a book? Where do you want me to preach from? Eh? Where do you want me to preach from? Is it because you know the book, that's why you are complaining? There's, there's no preacher. I said, there's no preacher who preaches from the sky. They are either preaching what somebody has said who read the book, or they have read the book and have a deeper understanding, and they are preaching with that deeper understanding. Even God, God, when he came to Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, he directed Joshua to a book. You see, God talking. He also say, I want to hear from God for myself. When God came to Joshua, he directed Joshua to the book that Moses has written. Are you with me? So it is, you see, you have a big problem when you complain about where somebody is preaching from and not rather analyze the content of what is being said and its trueness in the word of God. Are you with me? Yes. You have a problem and be healed from that problem in Jesus' name. Great. So I'm just showing you so that in case you want to cross-check and you want to read more, just have it and read it. You may also hear more as you read the book for yourself. Amen. Good. So I'm particularly talking about the honor of God. And why, 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 why is the honor of God important? Or why should we be worried about honoring God? You see, it is honoring God is important to God. And he expects you and me to honor him. Are you with me? Yeah, it may not be important to you. You see, a tie may not be important to me if I've chosen to dress like this. Because this, this way of dressing doesn't go with the European tie. Do you get it? So, for some time now, I've not had to touch my ties. I mean, the one you put here, not the one you drive. Sometimes when I pronounce things, my children correct me, and I say, you shut up there. I've taken you to school to come and correct me. You, you are fortunate. I should have left you in the house and made you be washing suspense. You won't be correcting my English and pronunciations. But anyway, I mean, some of us, uh, if it was not for the grace of God, even the school wouldn't have taken it seriously. You get it, but it's just the grace of God. So we took it seriously a little bit late when these phonetics and pronunciations and things were not the issue. 
We just wanted to pass the exam. They get and move on. So, but everything you don't do in life, it catches up with you. Yeah, I never liked reading. I never liked reading. I read my first storybook when I was about to enter university. You ask me, how did I pass my literature and other things? I managed. <laughs> you know, so everybody has a weakness. But sometimes people demonstrate their strength so much that you can't imagine that there's a weakness in this person. Do you get it? So those of you with weakness that you have made a shine around your weakness, just shift to your strength. Nobody will think that there's a weakness in you. Amen. Good. So what I'm trying to say is that, you see, honor to God is very important. Honor to God is very important. And therefore, we who belong to him must make sure we give him what he wants. I think this is very simple. And the truth is, the truth is, we can afford to give him what he wants. I said we can afford to give to God what he wants, particularly in the area of honor. You see, there are certain things that are controlled or that the power behind them is so strong that it's a struggle not to yield to it. For example, when you are hungry, when you have been eating food and you are hungry, you see, it's not, you can decide in your mind that I'm not going to eat. But unfortunately, you can't stop your stomach and the intestines from making their moves and letting you know that, listen, we need something. Yeah, you, you see, you can, you can tell your mind that I'm not going to eat, but you can't tell your stomach, stop making noise. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. There are certain things God has made the body not to be under the control of the mind. Do you get in, 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 the, in, the, in the brain, there are different levels of controls. There are levels of conscious control. And there are also things that God knowing your unpredictability and your ability not to judge correctly, decided to take them out of your control and let them operate with or without your permission. Like sweating. I mean, sweating, you can't control whether I'm going to sweat or not. Like thirst. Do you get it? Once the body's uh, 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 balances, the, the, the concentration of things Osmolarity, other things, don't worry, let me, if you don't know what it is, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, one of the things. When the body senses that things, the water balance is not okay, then there is a sensation that I want to drink. You see, it doesn't need your permission. So there are things in us that somehow 
it's difficult for us to decide to do because the things actually implement themselves with or without your permission. Are you with me? In the same way, there are certain things in us as human beings that it's hard for us to control unless God gives us the power supernaturally to control them. Now, those things, when God makes a demand on them, he supplies you with the supernatural power to be able to honor it. But there are also things that without supernatural power, you can still do them. One of such is honor. To honor God does not need a supernatural power. It, it takes a decision. It takes a mind that is working well. Hallelujah. Yeah, it takes a mind that is working well. A mind that is thinking correctly. A mind that is thinking properly. So where God is not honored, do you get it? It tells you that the mind is not thinking well. Or the mind is operating under deception. And the reason, you see, the reason why I'm sharing what I'm sharing with you is that before we even move on to supernatural things, that depends on prayer, that depends on so many things, let us even deal with the basic logical things and get them right with God. Are you with me? And through that, he will give to our lives what we could never have given to ourselves. So I'm talking about honoring God in your life. Now, why is honor so, or how do I know that honor is important to God? First Samuel chapter 2. First Samuel chapter 2. Let's, let's hear what God said in his dealing with one of his servants. Are you with me? Don't you want to get a proof? I can stand and say things, but if the Bible doesn't support it, don't receive it. Because it may be my own idea. But if the Bible supports it, then be careful to pay attention. You see, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, I think verse 26 thereabout, God was not happy with his priests. God was not happy with his priests. And let's hear how the conversation unfolded. What about 29? Okay, so let's go to 27. 
I want us, I just want to begin at the beginning of the conversation. And there came a man of God. In other words, there came a servant of God. Do you get it? A man of God is a servant of God. Everything to God is a servant. Even Jesus, his son, came to serve him here on earth. <laughs> there came a man of God unto Eli. Eli is the priest, the one who prayed for Hannah and for Hannah to have a child. When Hannah went to the temple to pray to God, initially he accused Hannah of drunkenness. But when Hannah, in her politeness, explained that, oh, I'm not drunk, but I am heavy heart. And it's because I don't have a child, though I'm married. And my rival is always taunting me with not having a child. And it's really an issue. So I've come to petition God. It's not like I'm drunk. Then he said, if that is the case, the Lord grant you your petition. And not long after, Hannah had a child. And Hannah came to leave the child in the house of God. Now, just at the time the child came, I don't know how long, but not long after, there came a servant of God. And this is the story that the servant of God came to deliver to the priest. He said, Thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord said. The first thing the Lord is saying to you is asking you questions. He's asking you questions of your beginning. So he says, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Eli's father is actually Aaron, the priesthood, Aaron. He's like, not father, but like several generations. But you know, God always refers to you, to the one with whom he began. So he said, I did appear. Did I choose him? Did I? So he's asking, you see, he's asking the priest to remember where it began. Because sometimes, you see, sometimes it's not difficult for us to forget where it all began. Oh, the easiest thing that happens to humanity is forgetfulness. That's the easiest. It, it, it happens like the wind that is blowing. You know, sometimes we forget. We forget so easily. And as a pastor, one of the things I've experienced is the forgetfulness of people. People that you may take out of nowhere and that if you didn't do it, nobody would have said anything. But out of love and out of care for the person, you make moves to bring the person to a certain place. Then now that they are in a certain place, now they know they are right from their left. They begin to now question your motives. 
But at the time when they were in, in Tartus, when the, their left and their right were together and there was nothing to write home about them, they never questioned your motive. But anyway, that is part of humanity. Are you with me? So God is also experiencing what we experience. So no problem. So he tells Eli through his servant that didn't I, do you remember how he started for you to be my priest? Do you remember? So he said, did I plainly appear to the house of my father when that was it? The next one, let's go, let's go quickly. And he said, did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? Was it his making or it was my making? Was it his decision or it was my decision? Are you getting the question that he's asking? Because you see, remember I told you something about honor. Honor can be done without a supernatural power by a person who thinks properly. (laughs) By a person who thinks properly. And so if you don't get anything from this message, basically what I am trying to hit home with you is to think properly in your relationship with God. When you think properly in your relationship with God, every move of your life would honor God. Oh, yes. You see, you see, you see people, you say, oh, we want to, we want to, you ask them for something to do God's work. Let's say you want to go and give to the poor somewhere. You want to go and build a church for some people. Or you want to do something in relation to people knowing God. And they have the money. But what they say, what they say in their hearts and sometimes among their friends, the things they say, you want to ask, have you forgotten that the only reason why you have the ability to generate an income and to even have what you have is because God gave you life and God gave you breath. Many people forget. Not that they forget, but I don't, they don't think back. But I want you to always think back. Always think to your beginnings. I said, always think back to your beginnings. It will deliver you from dishonoring what you shouldn't dishonor. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So if there's any prayer you want to pray for yourself, and for myself, we must pray to think properly. That, that the trend of our thinking must be logical and follow the same thing. It shouldn't change somewhere. So let's go on. So it says, did I choose you out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? It's a question. 
that you must answer. To offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod, or ephod, or whatever ephod they pronounce it, before me. Did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? So you see, the Lord is asking the priests basic questions that whatever you have that you enjoy was at my instruction. It's, it's, you see, what comes to the house of God is because of God. It's not because of you, the pastor. I said it's because of God. What is his problem? So God asked, Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation? And then he says, And honorest thy sons above me. You honor your children above me. How was how was the priest honoring his children above him, above God? By allowing them to do what was never to have been done. Allowing them to take their portions before God has taken. Allowing them to choose before God. And you see, the priest Eli, earlier on, earlier verses, had spoken to them that what you are doing is not proper. But you see, sometimes speaking to your child and telling the child is not proper and leaving it there is a sign of bad fatherhood. The child must know who is in charge. Some of you parents, your children do what they want to do. In some houses where the father is there, not under his nose, you will not do what you like. If you want to do what you like, go out of the house. But some of you, it's like, oh, stop it. Stop. What, what nonsense is that? And you see, you see, society is going backwards and making the children parents and parents the children. Because if you say, I can't discipline my child because it's child abuse. What do you think I, what do you think you are doing to me? You are making me the child of my child. Because now you are telling me that the child should tell me what they want to do. I'm waiting for if any of my children were to do that, you, you go out of my house. You look, I'll just pack you out, out, out. I, I will not do anything. I'll just pack you out, out, go out. It's not a problem if I never bore a child. It's not a problem. You can't tell. Why, why would you be so stupid? And, uh, why should I allow you to do what is wrong and at the end bear your foolishness? Those advocates, they should go and have children and let their children do that. 
You let the child be a monster and then you are wondering why the child has become a monster. But anyway, let me not go there. Please, I'm preaching about... I'm preaching about honoring God. So you see, the problem of Eli was not that he didn't speak that what they are doing is wrong, but he didn't do it in a way that God will see that he, God, is more important to him as a priest than his children. Yes. The next thing was, you see, you see, thou honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Let's go on. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, be it far from me. And then this is what God, you see, in every time God has an encounter with people, he always leaves us with a revelation. In other words, a supernatural knowledge that we would never have known if he had not said it. And this is what he says. Those who honor me, I would honor. Those who, to honor means to respect. To honor means to, to, to speak well of the person. So God says that those who, who honor me, who speak well of me, who have good thoughts of me, I would also honor them. And those who despise me, those who don't give me honor, those who think bad of me, who don't think well of me, I would also lightly esteem. Now, this is why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. Because, you see, all of us are here this morning and those that are listening from different places are gathered because we believe in God. And we believe that God would help us. We believe that God will guide us. We believe that God will deliver us. We believe that God will protect us and make our lives better. Are you with me? That is why we listen to the preaching. That's why we have a Bible. That's why we join a church and everything. But the problem is this. We are not trying to accomplish this in the presence of angels that like us and support us. But we are trying to accomplish this in the presence of the deceiver of the whole world. So he knowing some of these things would make you do things that is dishonoring to God without your realization that this, this thing that you said, this thing that you thought, this step that you took is dishonoring to God. And you see, I don't have to know that the seed, I don't have to know what seed I've planted for the seed once planted to bring forth a harvest. 
Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Now, I don't get a feeling you heard what I said. I don't have to know what I am planting for what I have planted to bring forth a harvest. My knowledge of the seed I'm planting or or put it this way, the harvest that I receive out of what I planted is independent of my knowledge of the seed that I planted. (laughs) Get it and get it well. You don't have to know what seed you are sowing for the seed that you have sowed to bring forth a harvest. Just as you don't have to know that I'm drinking poison for the poison to kill you. <laughs> it didn't occur to you. Okay, let it occur to you now. That if I take a, a, a glass of whatever, water looking like substance, that is poison. Not knowing what poison is in it does not stop the poison from acting. And this is what Satan will use against you. By making you do things. Not knowing what you are doing. It is only when the harvest is ripe that you discover that is that the seed I sowed? So you see, my duty is to make you alert so that you don't mistakenly sow seeds you don't intend to harvest. Hallelujah. I don't want you to sow any seed whose harvest you will not like. And therefore, I'm showing you in the word of God that God says those who honor him, he will honor. And those who despise him, he will lightly esteem. May it never be that you are found to dishonor God. But may the Lord, by his spirit, help us to think correctly. Say that the thoughts of our lives and the voice of our hearts and every step we take goes to speak one thing to our God, honor and praise to his name. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. And I tell you, listen to me. Listen to me. And listen to what I'm saying carefully. Your sins in terms of I've done this, I've eaten this, I shouldn't touch this, and all those things are less important compared to whether you honor God or not. Why am I saying what I'm saying? You see, your sins, they will have their consequences. But when God is honored by you, he still has the ability to minimize the effect of the consequences of your sin. An example is David. An example is David. David did what so far in the Bible we have not found anybody to do. We have found people do a portion of what he did. 
but the full product of what David did. I have not found this in the Bible. Maybe you have found it somewhere. Or if it is, then it's not written. To take somebody's wife, enjoy her, and kill the husband. I mean, other people and other kings have taken other people's wives. But to go on and not accidentally, but intentionally, very calculated execution of the husband, that is another level. But you see, David was somebody whose words and whose behavior always proved one thing, that God was honored by him in all things and in every way. Even in difficulties, he will cry, he will speak, but in the end, he would always declare that God is always above his problems. Yeah. You can see that David thought differently all the time. I said David thought differently all the time. When even he has accomplished something, the way he will speak and the way he will declare what he has done, he always goes back, back, back and says, it is you, oh God, that has made this possible. Is it First Chronicles or Second Chronicles? In one of the places where he gave the offerings, I think First Chronicles, he gave a good offering. In fact, his, his, the things he said, I couldn't, I said, hey, this guy, his thoughts are working correctly. I said, his thoughts are working correctly. Hallelujah. Are you, are you here with me? And let me say this to you as I progress in our discussion. I want to believe, though I don't know the equation that links up the two, that your thoughts, your thoughts are related to what is in your heart. I, I don't know, I don't know how. But your thoughts are related to what is in your heart. So in other words, your thoughts is a window into your heart. Why am I saying what I'm saying? In Deuteronomy chapter 28, The Lord said something in reminding the Israelites. He says, keep, keep rolling it. I think verse 4 or so. 
Let me, let me just quickly look for the verse. And it says, when thou art full, and thine heart, Deuteronomy 8.14, 8.14, sorry. It says, 8.14. Are you there? I just want to quickly read it. Let's, let's roll back a few verses so that we are not found in the middle of a conversation. It says, when thou hast eaten and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land. For the good land which he hath given thee. The next verse. It said, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I commanded this day. Lest when thou art full, or when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein. And when thy heads and thy flocks multiply, it's like this blessing on every side, oh, and thy silver and thy gold, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget. How does your heart connect to your memory? I don't know, but I can see there's a connection. Are you with me? Now, I'm giving us things to be alert and to be aware of. Because, you see, we have been told by the prophet Jeremiah that the heart is deceitful. You see, in other words, your heart can deceive you. It can have things in it with which it's influencing you and yet pretend or give you an impression that everything is okay. But you see, the scripture here says, when everything is fine, once your heart lifts up, then you forget. So it's almost like saying that your memory your ability to remember is dependent on the state of your heart. Your ability to remember. Your ability to remember and therefore think properly is dependent on the state of your heart. So take note. Take care of your heart. I said take care of your heart. Because God must be honored for you to be honored. If you dishonor him, don't bother to pray. I said, if you choose to be a, a person who dishonors God, I, I suggest to you, don't bother to pray. And don't bother to give offerings. Let me tell you something. Your offerings may mean something to the pastor 
who has projects to do, but not to God. This is what I want to tell you. So, when you are giving offering and you have God in mind, don't for a moment think that you are doing God a favor or he will be appreciative of you. No, no, no. You see, if you think carefully and properly, there's nothing in this life that you will not ascribe to God. And the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying is because if you don't honor God, you will never honor his servants. You will not have the ability to honor his servants. Therefore, your struggle with your pastors, with the servants of God, and the ease with which you speak evil about them and propagate what you think they have done wrong and all those things has to do with your honor of God. Yes. You see, let me say this. Your respect for me would limit how you speak of the wrongs of my child. Let me say it again. The respect you have for me will limit how you speak of the wrongdoings of my children. <laughs> Loris, you cannot say you have high respect for me and when my children have done wrong, you speak about it anyhow. It is not that they have not done wrong. They have done wrong. But because of your respect for me and their association with me, you become careful in how you say it. And sometimes you even cover it. Not, not because they are not wrong. Not because they are not wrong. So you see, when you see somebody standing on a rooftop and declaring all the negative things about people that have shepherded them, have pastored them, people that they have said nice things about, how they have taught them this after. The problem is not the man. The problem is God. <laughs> you will disagree. Don't worry, keep disagreeing. I said, keep disagreeing. I'm not a judge. There's a judge who has said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Only don't be surprised if you are dishonored in this life. 
You see, first of all, when I choose to use something and you are busy pointing out the faults of what I'm using, what you are saying is that I'm not wise. That's all. You see, if you respect me, you will see the faults of what I'm using, but you will say that, oh, if I can see, then surely he must also have seen it, but maybe there is a reason why he's using the thing that is faulty, even though I may not know the reason. Or if something is faulty and you respect God as God and God has allowed the thing to continue, you will not stand and say, why, why is this? If, if, I mean, how can it be? It's not possible. It's not right. This is it. Are you the one doing the thing? You see, all that you are displaying is your disrespect of God. Can I, can I teach you? Do you want me to use the scriptures to show you things? You see, in the case of Eli, in the case of Eli, God came and said, your children are dishonoring me. Can I tell you what happened to Samuel? Can I tell you what happened to Samuel? Samuel's children did the same. Please look for the scripture. First Samuel, I think around 12, 13, where they said they want a king. Where they said they want a king. Please look for it for me. You see, listen, whatever God was angry about with Eli, Samuel's children did the same thing. Samuel's children did the same thing. Do you know what followed? What followed was that in this case, the Israelites went to Samuel and said, we don't like your children. They are not doing what we expect them to do. So give us a king. And God, you see, the same thing that God was angry about. Samuel's children were doing the same thing. But when the Israelites went and said, we don't like them, give us a king, God was angry about it. <laughs> he said, behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like other nations. Is that not the same problem Eli had? The problem was not with Eli. The problem was with his sons. But you see, God is in charge. I said, God is in charge. And he does not take it kindly when you choose to be in charge and to preempt his steps. 
What did God say to their response? And the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king. And Samuel prayed, what did the Lord say? And the Lord said, hearken unto the voice of the people that say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not be over them. Are you in church? I'm trying to show you something because sometimes when we get a little bit educated by the world system, we tend to think upside down. So yeah, listen, if it is about God, be careful. That's all I'm saying to you in this portion. If it is about God, please be careful. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Because many of us are expecting great help from God for our lives here on earth. Is there anybody here who is not expecting God to help you? I said, is there anybody here who is not expecting God to help you? No, I'm expecting God's help. I'm expecting his help. I'm waiting for his help. And I long for his help. Are you with me? But I must be careful that the enemy doesn't deceive me and rather take me on the wrong channel of God's machines. Before my prayers are rejected. Yes. Listen. We must honor God by thinking properly. I said, I'm not saying by thinking properly, by thinking properly. Properly. We have, we have to think properly. Properly. Let us think properly. You say God is your God. Where is his honor? Malachi chapter 1, and I'll be closing. The whole of Malachi chapter 1 is about God and his honor. You see, when you don't think properly, you will not honor God. You see, because unlike human beings, God doesn't always announce that, remember, I've helped you. Remember, I've given you bread this morning. Remember, I've opened this door. Remember, I've done this. God doesn't do that. Even when he's opening doors in your life, you don't even realize that this door is supernatural because it's weaved into the natural. That, oh, you made a call, and then as you are talking, you said something, and the person says something before you realize you have a big contract. It doesn't look supernatural because there was no angel. There was no fire that is burning without burning the things around. Everything looks so natural. And therefore, it's easy not to ascribe to God what belongs to God. Hey, 
Church, this one is thinking process. And we have to think properly. If you are praying, one of your prayer topics is, Lord, help me to think properly. Help my thinking to be proper. I said, help my thinking to be proper. Because you see, when you are thinking properly, even in the midst of pain, you will cry, but you will end your discussion with God on a proper note. And that is the mark of David. When you read the Psalms, when you read the Psalms, sometimes he starts with praises. And then he goes on as to somebody who is depressed and very, you know, I'm struggling, my enemies are against me. And then, but then he ends always with the note that God is greater than his problems. And I pray for you and for myself that in every situation we will end on the note that honors God. Oh yes. Because as for the pressing, you'll be pressed from every side. Life, life, oh, the things life will throw at you. Hey, and it gets worse when you marry. You see, by marrying, you have brought into your life a source of potential satanic attack. And especially when you marry a very loving person, hey, another potential attack. Because sometimes when you marry somebody who is a beast, an attack is a praise to God. That Lord, thank you, this year it will happen. Meanwhile, what you are praying is that he will die. But you see, when you have a very sweet husband or a very sweet wife, who, is, who makes your life so nice. You see, we pray, Lord, keep her. Lord, keep him. Lord, Then one day, the person is sick. And he's like, ish. And sometimes it's, it's just because the marriage is nice. That's why the loss hurts. Mm-hmm. So this life, this life, mm-mm. Like I'm saying that the whole of Malachi chapter 1 talks about honor. And God asked a question and questions which I think to make this message complete, I should go through. So let us go through Malachi chapter 1 and I will end. You see, Malachi, no, go to verse 1. You know, you know only verse 6. Let's go to verse 1. You see, verse 1, God starts a complaint. And this is what he says. The burden or the prophecy or the oracle of the Lord, of the word of God to Israel by Malachi. So it's telling us who is being addressed here. The prophet Malachi had a prophecy, a word from God to the Israelites. And this is what it says. It says, I have loved you. Say the Lord. I have loved you. And you say, yet you say, well, how, have I, how have you loved us? Are we not making things happen for ourselves? 
Where is your love that we can't see? Then God gets them to think and ask them, listen carefully, if you say, I don't love you, if you say, I've not loved you, look at this. Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Esau is Jacob's twin brother. Yet God is showing them that the difference between them and Esau and the descendants of Esau is because of his love for them and it's not because they were better. He said, was not Esau Jacob's brother said, yet I loved Jacob. Oh yeah, Jacob did many wrong things. But the Lord appeared to wink his eyes at them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when you go and steal somebody's best blessing, and the curse of the Lord is in the house of a thief, yet the guy was prospering because love covereth a multitude of sin. You see, and say, I hated Esau. And laid his mountain and his heritage waste for the dragons of the, for the wilderness. In other words, I did not help Esau to survive. But you, with all your mistakes, you know, sometimes we feel that we qualify for God's help because we are not like somebody else. You see, that is what. I think they pointed something to Jesus. And he said that, don't think these people were better than the people of Siloam or somewhere where the tower fell on. They are not better. There are other factors at play. That is why you are going and coming. That's why your life is still moving on. It's not because you do everything right. It's not because you drive carefully. It's not because you say what is right. It's because there's somebody who has set his love upon you and therefore keeps you from the enemy's attack. Sustains you even when the enemy attacks. Whereas Edom said, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desert. That said a lot of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw, I will throw down. And they shall, call, they shall call them and the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation. In other words, whatever the descendants of Esau do, I will step in and spoil it. To the point that people will see that, ah, these people are wicked. That's why things are not working for them. But what about you? And it says, your eyes shall see and the Lord will magnify from the border of Israel. Let's read on. It says, a son, a son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If I be your father, where is my honor? And if I be your master, where is my fear? God expects us to honor him because, listen carefully, Listen to what I'm about to say. God expects us to honor him 
Because by our receiving of Jesus Christ as his son and as our savior, we have been made children of God. And therefore, when Jesus taught us to pray, he taught us not to address God as God, but to address God as our father. So the question that God is asking the Israelites at that time is the same question that if I am your father, then I must have my honor from you. I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to say. And God demands honor from us. Many of us Christians, we, we don't honor God with our thoughts, our everything, from offering to all those things. And I'm not talking about offering. Please, think broadly. You see, when your mind is working well, your offering would reflect a, a mind that works well. And it will, your mind working well would reflect in other areas of your life. Yes. Zandi, that's a reality. I said, that's a reality. You see, if our mind was working well, we will have no reason to be depressed. Oh, yes. We may be disappointed at certain things, but for it to work in us, depression, no. We will have no reason to be angry with God if our minds are working well. Oh, yes. All the people whose mind worked well in their work with God ended well. You see, Job was an example. It is his mind working well that made him able to go through the difficulties that he encountered. Not that he didn't cry. Not that he didn't hurt. But his mind worked well. And therefore, his speeches, I said his speeches, and his actions, the decisions of his life, reflected a mind that is working well, that honors God. You see, if your mind was working well, certain fights of your life would not exist. Oh, yes. I said, if your mind is working well, certain fights of your life will not exist. It is the non-working well of your mind that makes you take up arms by yourself to fight your fight as if you don't belong to somebody. Paul said, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus, and therefore, I'm not afraid of the storm. I have an owner, and it is the owner's duty to see me through the storm. I just have to listen to the owner's voice in the storm to tell me what to do and what not to do. By the situation on the ground, the logical thing to do 
is to begin to cast away some of the things and find how we can swim ashore. But because I have an owner, I said, but because I have an owner, Paul said, there appeared to me an angel in the night and said, there shall no life be lost. Just stay in the ship. The ship will be broken into pieces, but I have an ability to keep every life safe. The, you see, if your mind is working well, in the storm, the person's voice you must be seeking to listen to is the voice of your owner. Oh, how many of us listen to the voice of the storm? And God likes it when in the midst of the storm, you demonstrate that he's truly your father by your absolute dependence on him. He just enjoys it. And he will spare nothing to display his glory in delivering your life in the midst of the storm in a way that everybody will say, God is with you. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you understand what I'm, what I'm sharing with you. you can, and reflect on it, think properly. This one, it doesn't need supernatural, like holy, just think properly. Of course, the Holy Spirit would always help your thinking. Oh, yes. Let's go on. So, the Lord says, if I then be your father, where is my honor? And if I be your master, where is it? Say the Lord of hosts. Oh, priest, that despise my name. I know you will say you are not a priest. But remember, we are a peculiar a royal priesthood, a holy nation chosen to bring forth the praises of him. Peter also says, we are a lively stone. I said, we are a lively stone that are being built up. Just as Jesus was the chief cornerstone, we are a lively stone I think it's 1 Peter 2, 5 or there above. We are a lively stone that are being built up to offer sacrifices. Please, are you there? 1 Peter, I think 1 Peter 2, 5. We also, as lively stone, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto Jesus. So don't think for a moment that, oh, he's talking about Malachi. Listen, listen. In the New Testament, the priesthood is not limited to one person. It's to everybody who has Jesus Christ in you. So what was said to the priest of old is being said to the priest of now, which you are. Are you with me? I just felt somebody wanted to dodge the message. And that's why I brought you to the net. Let's go back. Should I end here or I should just finish? Let me just finish. I'll finish. 
So he says, Oh, oh, priest, that despised my name. So the Lord doesn't like us despising his name. Mm-hmm. And you say, Wherein have we despised your name? Everything, they have an answer. Like, like us. He said, You offer polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? I don't know what the polluted bread you are offering. Or what is it you are offering that is saying, this is polluted whatever. Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from making a mistake of offering to you that which is polluted in your eyes. May I offer to you that which is pure, that which is clean in your eyes. Every day of my life, in Jesus' name. Because I don't know what I'm offering to God that he's rejecting. You see, sometimes a wife cooks something that they think is very nice to the husband, and then the husband says, what is this? Uh, I'm full. Married women will tell you, meanwhile, you think you are giving him something that he should be very happy, and then he comes and says, what is this? It's too bent. I don't like it. Look, uh, where's yesterday's food? Can you have some there? Meanwhile, you have prepared today's food with all your heart. But he says, I don't like it. <laughs> Eesh. The Lord deliver us. Oh. May Satan not mislead us to offer to God that which is polluted in his eyes. He said, we have polluted it. And he, that he say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. He said, if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? In other words, if you don't give me your God, your best, you give me your leftover time. Ish. It's getting serious. Father, help us that we may give you our best in everything. By your Holy Spirit, deliver us from deception of the enemy. That will cause us to be tempted to give you that which is not pleasing to you. In our time, in our body, in our every area, Lord, may we give you that which is honorable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. He said, say, offer it unto thy governor. Would he be pleased with it? Or accept the, thy person. Say the Lord of hosts. You want me to accept your person. But look at the way you treat me. And then you are expecting me to answer your prayers. No. And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This has been your means. Will he regard your persons? Then this is what the Lord says. Let's go on quickly. I'm looking for somebody amongst you who will shut the door for naught. Neither do ye kindle fire of my altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you. 
You see, that is how serious God takes dishonor. To the point that his own chosen people, people that he killed for, people that he, he destroyed nations for, he's angry with them. And he said, I have no pleasure in you. I, I wish somebody would stop you from doing all this nonsense. That's what he said. Say, I have no pleasure in you, said a lot of us. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. I say, I'll do something. I'll show you something. I'll make sure my name is promoted where it ought to be promoted. Say, from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the sea, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place, incense shall be offered unto my name. And a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, says the Lord. You see, you who are supposed to be blessed are being rejected by God because you dishonor him. And you have forced him to go and bless other people who are not his chosen. You see, this is where sometimes Christians get confused. They feel that they must be chosen to be used by God. And then God goes to choose somebody with abandoned faults, somebody who obviously will never have been chosen by any committee in the church. And God begins to work with the person. And then we get confused. Because where he should have been, he should have chosen from. I said, where he should have chosen from. He's not on it. I said, he's not on it. You who is educated, you who has better understanding, don't honor God in your life. And then he goes to choose somebody who is a failure in every level of life and chooses to use the person to, to glorify his name. And then we are confused. But that shall not be our story in Jesus' name. Everybody that is chosen of God shall remain chosen and favored by God because you have learned to honor God by thinking properly. Amen. I think that's the last verse. Oh. You said, behold, what weariness is it? You have snuffed at it, said a lot of us, and you brought that which is torn and lame and sick. Thus you brought an offering. Should I accept this offering at your hand? In other words, look, I'm tired with you. And some of us, when we go to pray, the door is shut. So I shut the door. I, I don't want to hear this prayer. In all your thoughts and in all your ways, in everything you have done, you have dishonored me and dishonored my name. It therefore calls on us to be very conscious of the way we carry ourselves at the workplace. Among our unbelieving friends, our families. May every area that we enter to, that we arrive at, feel 
the honor of God in our lives. May we never be found to dishonor God at any place. May the name of the Lord not be profaned because of us. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I've really tried to, I know I've preached a little, I've preached longer, but it's okay. It's better to understand the message than to leave it halfway. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want you to pray to God and ask him to speak to you. Ask him to speak to your heart. God loves us and has sent Jesus Christ, his son, to come and die for our sins. You see, you see even, even our attitude in church is important. You see, I'm not telling you my stories. I'm preaching the word of God to you. Is God honorable enough in your life to relax to hear his word? Because most of us will not be in a hurry and will not be tired if we were hearing some other filthy things and watching some other things that only stir up our fleshly desires. I don't want to mention those things' names. You get it? And God is watching us, our attitude. One of the attitudes we must have is an attitude of relaxation. On the day when we come to a gathering where the name of the Lord is a reason for the gathering. I learned that thing almost about 30 years ago. Actually, it's about 32 years ago when I learned to give my weekends to God. I was a medical student and I had a lot of work to do. Yet I gave to God my weekends. I was never in a rush Saturday and Sunday. I'll do everything in the house of the Lord. Is it a surprising thing that God has given me a church? And has given me, through my life, churches. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because I've, as much as I can, always felt that I am what I am by his grace. And therefore, he deserves all of me. He deserves all of me. And therefore, whatever he asks of me is not too much. I said, whatever he asks of me is not too much. Because in my thinking, God deserves all of me. Therefore, I cannot be too busy for God. I cannot be too busy when it has to do with God. Yes, I have things to do. I have things to do. I have studies to do. I have exams to pass. But still, God cannot be pushed aside in my life. He cannot and must never be pushed aside in my life. My advice to you in the same way, listen carefully. He must not be too busy to talk to God. Have a prayer life. Have a good prayer life. Have a prayer life that is relaxing. 
that demonstrates to God that you have all of me. Ordinary human beings demand your full attention as a spouse. How much more God who owns your life? Let us not rush in our prayer life. Let us not rush in our Bible study life. Let us be found to be relaxed when it comes to God. Let us move away many things to make room for God. He deserves it. It is his place. He must be honored because he has given us the privilege through his son to call him our father. If he is our father, then we must honor him. Let's bow our heads. I don't know who you are, but I want you to talk to God. First of all, ask him that in many of the things that have been brought up today, you can see that you fall short at a number of them. But you are making amends because in ignorance, you did it. You are making amends. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let us make amends. Let us make amends. Thank you, Jesus.
thank you that we can call you father because that's what you are to us you are God but also you are our father through Jesus Christ our Lord at this very hour we ask of you one thing Lord by your spirit help us to think properly in connection to our walk with you help us to remember what we must remember and help us to analyze the things we must analyze in order to give you praise in order to give honor to your name may the enemy not deceive us to despise you in any way deliver us deliver us from every step and every work of the enemy that will lead us to despise you may we always remember what we must remember and may we link up the dots that must be linked up that we can always see your goodness your hand and your mercy that has been our portion like David oh God may we offer praises unto you at all times in good times and in bad times may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you thank you Holy Spirit as every head bowed and every eye closed before we leave this place before this sermon ends I need to remind you that there is a relationship with God that every creation of God including you must have with God that relationship is a relationship of peace with God and it is not possible when sin is present in your life it's not possible to have a peaceful relationship with God when you are the God of your own life it can only be possible when you submit to God as your God and this you can do by accepting Jesus Christ as the way, the truth and the life as the means by which we can approach God and as the only way by which our sins can be forgiven and us washed clean justified before God Therefore, this afternoon, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to say, Pastor, I want to have peace with God. And so I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Lift up your right hand wherever you are and let me lead you in a prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up high, lift up high. Thank you for the lifted hands. Lift it up high. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Don't be shy don't be shy you must have a relationship with God you must have peace with God because at the end of the day it is what God says that will come to pass therefore peace with God is everything every head bowed and every eye closed you want to say pastor 
please pray with me I want to give my life to Jesus lift up your right hand let me pray with you thank you Holy Spirit let us pray let us pray this prayer our Heavenly Father I thank you for today I come to you because you are God and I am your creation I come to submit to you as God be my God and rule my life I ask for forgiveness of my sins as I declare my faith in Jesus Christ I receive him as my, as my Lord and Savior. And I invite him into my heart to be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit in my life. Help me to walk faithfully all the days of my life. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Father, thank you for this precious soul. I give you praise. I give you adoration. I give you honor. May the lives not be the same, but let it flourish and be abundant. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.